This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, you guys. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah Brimer. I am your host on Killer Instinct. And before we get started today, I don't know if you can tell, I've got a little pep in my step, but that is because right before I sat down to record this episode, I actually got the news that Killer Instinct has actually been nominated for the Digital Hollywood Podcast Awards, which is so insane for so many different reasons. We are in the investigative journalism, true crime, justice, and the bizarre category, only naturally. And you guys, I've never been nominated for anything. I was never in sports. Like I never got like awards in sports. I never did that. So this is insane to me the fact that this is even a thing and I have so many thank yous to give to you guys just being nominated is like the coolest thing ever it's absolutely crazy thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening every single week I just I love you guys so much it means so much and it means so much that you guys are listening and we're getting the information on these cases out there and into the public and more people are listening to stories because that's what these cases deserve so it really makes me happy that we are doing something good here So with that being said, let's move on to today's case that we are going to be diving into. Today, we are talking about the murder of Norman McCaster. And I was scrolling through my DMs the other day, and I came across someone who had actually brought this to my attention, and that is that most of the cases that I have covered involved a female victim. And I have covered cases that involve a male and a female victim, but I've never covered a case with solely a male victim. And what's crazy is that that was never intentional. Like it was never something that I sought out to only cover cases with female victims. But when it was brought to my attention, I was like, oh my gosh, like that is extremely right. And I can't believe I haven't done that yet. So I want to say thank you for the person who kind of called me out on that. I really appreciate it. So I started doing some research and I came across this case that we are going to be talking about today. And as you can tell by the title of the episode, we are talking about the murder of Norman McCaster. And before we start, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode and let's get into it. So Norman McCaster had grown up in Sangamon County, Illinois. He was extremely close to his family, especially his father, Marcel Banks. He had recently moved to Springfield, Illinois with his wife, Jatasha Denton McCaster. And the two of them had met in high school, so they were high school sweethearts. Jatasha was an honor student in high school and her and Norman attended church together a lot. They had a lot of friends, a great social life. And like I said, both of them were very family oriented people. Norman was involved in the Illinois National Guard and Jatasha and Norman were the type of people no one had a bad word to say about either of them. So you could imagine the shock when Norman was found murdered and dismembered on October 29th, 2012. So this was deer hunting season this time of year in October and on this particular night there were a group of men driving home in Springfield, Illinois and the one that was driving looked out of the car 
window and saw something laying in the creek area off the side of the road. But because it's deer hunting season, he kind of figured that it was just a deer carcass and he kept on driving. He didn't really think much of it, but he went back home and he goes inside. He sat down for a little bit and he just had this weird instinctual feeling about what he saw. So much so that he ended up calling his friend and telling him that he wanted to go back out there and see what it was. And it was nighttime, so it was really dark and it was hard to see. So when they got to the area of where the guy thought it was a deer carcass, they started looking more closely. And that is when they realized what he thought was a deer carcass was actually a human body. And the body had been completely dismembered. The only thing left of the body was the torso, arms, and half of the legs, the thighs of the legs. The head, hands, and bottom half of the legs were all missing. And once the men realized what they had just found, they immediately called 911 and police arrived on the scene immediately. So because there were no fingerprints, because the hands had been cut off and there was no face because the head had been decapitated, there was no way that the police could do any tests to try to figure out who this was immediately. So they really scoured around the scene where the body was and they were able to find what appeared to be blood on the guardrail near the body. And the torso also had an extension cord wrapped around it, which made it seem like someone had dragged the body to where they had left it. Near the guardrail, there were also napkins, which made it look like someone had tried to wipe the blood off of the guardrail. And the police were also able to find a receipt that was found on the ground just feet away from where the body was. So with this receipt, police were able to track down the purchase time, date, and what store the receipt was from. So police went back and they looked at the purchase time on the receipt and it was from a Walmart store. They looked at the surveillance footage of the store and they focused on the exact time and date that the receipt was from. And when they did that, they were able to find a woman checking out at the register at this time, but it was what she was purchasing that made the police throw up a bunch of red flags. So when police were looking at the surveillance footage, they were able to figure out that the woman in the video was purchasing a chainsaw. The specific brand name I think was Sawzalk. I'm not familiar with chainsaws, but this woman was purchasing this saw around midnight. And this made police really have some questions because who's buying a chainsaw in the middle of the night? Well, you may have already guessed it, but that would be Jatasha Denton McCaster, Norman's wife. She even bought the saw with a credit card. So police were 100% able to track it back to her. So with this new information, police started to put her under surveillance without her knowing, and they ended up watching her house, but she just went through her normal day-to-day -day life. She didn't seem like anything was suspicious or didn't act any differently, but police did watch her though as she left multiple trash bags on the curb. And I guess once trash bags actually get put on the curb, they're considered public property, which allows police to search it. So investigators quickly go in and go through the trash and they figure out that Jatasha had tried to throw out her floor tile, like her bathroom floor tile, which for police was an odd thing to find in the trash, but that didn't prove anything. That doesn't make her a murderer just because she has floor tile in her trash bags. And this crime was so brutal and Jatasha didn't have any criminal record before this. So police really thought that this could have been some sort of gang or drug related murder. But even with that in question, they still waited and watched Jatasha. 
And on one particular day, she had left another bag of trash outside. And by the way, I don't know how she's not realizing that the trash is gone once she keeps putting it out on the curb. Maybe she thinks it's the garbage truck. I don't really know. But police, when they looked through this particular bag of trash, found Norman's soldier uniform inside of the trash bag, along with a whole load of men's clothing that they assumed to be Norman's as well. So then police's next step was to call the Illinois National Guard where Norman worked. They were told that Norman never showed up to a recent mandatory drill, and that's when police decided the next move was to sit down with Jatasha. So police went and knocked on Jatasha's door, and according to them, they said that she was very inviting and friendly and sweet. When police started to talk to her, Jatasha confirmed that she was in fact married to Norman, but that their relationship lately had been rocky due to a drug addiction that Norman had. According to Jatasha, she said that Norman left with some of his other friends that did drugs with him. She said that he didn't leave with a bag or anything else. He just left with the clothes he was wearing. And when Norman's family got a hold of this story, none of them believed it whatsoever, especially Norman's father, who, mind you, didn't even know Norman was missing because Jatasha didn't tell any of Norman's family or the police that Norman had gone missing. Detectives went to talk to Norman's dad and he said that Norman never involved himself with drugs and he said that when he heard the story that Jatasha was telling police, he told them, you must not know my son and the relationship him and I have because he's not going to run off without telling me or calling me. Norman's aunt Keisha said that when Jatasha started telling her the story, she knew something wasn't right and that Norman would have contacted his family and told them what was going on. Like I said, Norman was a very family-oriented person. He had an amazing relationship with his family. He wasn't just going to up and leave without telling them. So police then looked more closely at more surveillance footage and found that the day before Jatasha bought the chainsaw, she went to the same store and bought cleaning supplies and heavy duty plastic. So between the cleaning supplies, the chainsaw, the bathroom tiles, and the clothing that was found in the trash, it was all looking very suspicious on Jatasha's side. And the way police were able to match DNA of the torso found in Norman was through the DNA sample that is kept at the Dover Air Force Base in Delaware. So police had to call them and ask for the DNA sample of Norman so that they were able to connect it with the torso. And once they did that, they were able to match the DNA and confirm that it was Norman's body that was found on the side of the road. So now we're in the month of November, so the month following Norman's death, and Thanksgiving holiday was coming up, and police were worried that Jatasha could possibly go home and would not come back, so police knew they needed to act fast and go home, meaning like for Thanksgiving break, she was getting out of school, she could go home and not come back. So they ended up building a pretty strong case against her with all of the evidence that they had, and after requesting another meeting with Jatasha, Jatasha agreed to sit down with investigators again. So Jatasha starts opening up to police again about how her relationship with Norman was becoming very toxic and how there was physical abuse and lots of arguing between the two of them that had been happening months leading up to the murder. She said that she kicked out Norman two days before their two-year anniversary on October 24th, so their anniversary was October 26th. And something that police noticed when they went to Jatasha and Norman's house was there was a calendar hanging up in the kitchen. And I can't even say old school because this is not old school, but one of those calendars that it's like the flip calendar where you flip it every month and there's a picture on the front and then you have the actual calendar on the bottom. I don't think anyone uses those anymore. Maybe they do. I'm not sure. But that is what they had hanging up in their kitchen. 
But what police noticed is that the day of their two-year anniversary, October 26th, that date was completely blacked out with like a black marker or black Sharpie on the calendar, which again, doesn't prove anything, but it's just weird. And Jatasha also said that when she kicked Norman out, he took all of his belongings with him. And this is where police knew that they had caught Jatasha in a lie, because not only did the police find a trash bag full of Norman's clothes, clothes, but the first time that they talked to Jatasha, she had told police that when he left the house with his friends, he left with nothing but the clothes on his back. So the detective told Jatasha, you know, the first time we talked, you said that he left nothing but the clothes on his back. Now you're saying that he left with everything. What is the real story? But Jatasha insisted that she didn't keep anything of Norman's because she didn't want to keep anything. And that's when the police told her that they knew all about the clothes in the trash bags and told her that she ultimately was caught for this. Like they caught her in this lie. The interrogation videos are out there if you want to watch them yourselves. And Jatasha insisted that she didn't know where Norman was. And when the police told her that this was a homicide, she asked, what is a homicide? Which for someone who's an honor student to not know what the word homicide means, I mean, I don't know, maybe my brain is so disturbed from all of the things that I have researched and all the cases that I have covered. But to me, it just doesn't really make sense that she wouldn't know what that means. And it seemed like she was playing dumb. But that is when police arrested her and granted her with a warrant for her home and her DNA. And they arrested her for concealment of a homicide, which is when Jatasha then asked for a lawyer. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? Well, Apartments.com's Instant Alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, you guys, welcome back. So Jatasha pretty immediately was taken into police custody and charged with first-degree murder, dismembering of a body, concealing a homicidal death, and obstruction of justice. Police searched Jatasha's computer and found searches for how to kill a spouse and get away with it, how to kill your husband, and how to kill someone with Visine. I'm not even kidding. These are the things that she searched on her computer. Police also found multiple bottles of Visine in Jatasha's trash bags, and Visine is an eye drop medicine. So I know you might be kind of confused when I say that, but it's basically, like I said, an eye drop medicine. But there's a certain component in it that, when taken in large quantities and ingested, it can be fatal. 
and the toxologist reported that there were high levels of an ingredient found in visine in Norman's body. But once the trial started, police had just scratched the surface with all of this. The prosecution had a witness go on the stand at the trial who was a student that attended college with Jatasha. He said that he loaned a gun to Jatasha around the time of Norman's murder, and she gave it back a day later and two bullets were missing. The prosecution said that they believe Norman was shot in the head with a gun, and they also said that's the reason that his head, legs, and hands were also cut off, and that was to either make it more difficult to identify him or make it easier to move him because he weighed over 200 pounds and Jatasha couldn't carry all of him at once. So as far as those parts of the body, though, those parts of Norman's body, they have never been found. Police searched Jatasha's phone and they think that based on some of the stuff that they found in the phone that she had gone up to Chicago to dispose of the rest of the bodies, but police had gone up there and searched and they were never able to find anything after that. And to this day, those parts of Norman's body have never been recovered. After seven hours of deliberations by the jury, Jatasha was found guilty and sentenced to 78 years in prison. So what was the motive here? You might be asking like, what, why? Like, why did she need to do this? Well, police believe that the cause of this murder was because Jatasha was a perfectionist. She was an honor student. She had everything kind of mapped out in her life. She was very meticulous about certain things and she never failed at anything. But one thing that was starting to kind of fail or at least just get a little rocky was her marriage and she didn't know how to handle it and she didn't know what to do. So she decided that what she needed to do was to get rid of Norman essentially. And unfortunately, she carried out with that plan and ended up murdering him. Jatasha to this day has never confessed to murdering Norman. And when she was arrested, she was still wearing her wedding ring and told detectives she was hoping that her and Norman would still get back together. Obviously though, she knew that would never happen. So that is today's case, you guys. That is really the entire case of Norman McCaster. Um, I'm really curious to know what you guys think. I know this is kind of like a solved case, but I just want to know what you think because I'm having such a crazy time wrapping my head around this. Um, I go back to the things that were found in the trash bags, like the floor tile, like that was probably removed. So there was no blood or any DNA of Norman's found in the tile. The things that, the other things that she had thrown away, like his uniform and just the way that she was acting, I encourage you to go watch those interrogation videos if you want to learn more about this case because it's crazy she just is sitting there she's like i don't know where he is i don't know who did this to him i want to get back together with him what is a homicide like it is crazy how much she is denying it and i'm sure there are some people out there who believe that she didn't do it um those, one of those people would not be Norman's family. Norman's family does believe that Jatasha committed this murder on Norman. I definitely want to know what you guys think as well. So you guys can DM me your thoughts. You can also email me at killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. You can email me your requests there as well. And with that being said, you guys, that is all from me today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We have Halloween coming up really soon that I'm super excited about. Thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode. I will see you next week and stay safe.